Welcome to Customer Experience Conversations, where we explore exciting topics, news and stories surrounding the customer experience industry. In this episode, Greg, Simon, Lee and Andy explore the fundamentals surrounding appointment booking and the implications of not considering your customer's experience from an omni-channel perspective. Welcome everyone. Hello. Hey, so welcome to our listeners for this week's CX Conversations, Customer Experience Conversations. This is Greg Copley speaking here from ACF and joining me this week in the, the podcast studio is is Andy, Simon Hello. and Lee. Hello. Uh, we'll, we'll jump into some introductions in a minute, just briefly. Actually, let's, let's do that now. Let's jump straight in and go, do a quick round the table of who you are and what you do here at ACF. And then we'll jump into our topic of conversation today, which is all going to be around appointment booking. We're going to explore lots of different areas of this and hopefully it brings some value to our listeners. Andy, let's start with you and work yep. way around. All right. So yeah, I'm uh, Andy Hart. Hello, everyone. Managing Director for ACF in the UK. Been with ACF for uh, five, coming up to six years now this year. Yeah, started originally project manager back in the day, and yeah, obviously now progressed through to managing director. So, yeah, responsible for the UK office, which includes UK and EMEA as well. So, that's me. Cool. Simon? I'm Simon Ronald in business development. Been here for nearly 11 years. Wow. Always just selling Qflow. So, appointment management is interesting to us. And uh, Lee Rawlings, business development here in the UK, 10 years experience in customer experience, primarily from the incentives and motivation point of view. I've uh, been with ACF for six months. Fantastic, cool. And with a radio voice as well. Indeed. And a radio background almost, <laughs> being a DJ <laughs> yourself. A radio background. Yeah, that's cool. Fantastic. So I think the, the topic of today's conversation really is we're really going to focus in on appointment booking itself, primarily talking the different styles of appointment booking that we're seeing out there right now and a lot of the sort of industry trends that we're seeing so looking into retail what trends are we seeing there again looking at banking and local government etc and just hope to explore appointment booking to some level of detail that that ultimately helps some of our listeners because you know as you guys all know we have a variety of, of customers across all different major sectors so we're lucky to have a perspective that's maybe quite unique in that sense of of understanding what appointment booking means to these organizations in different sectors so today is just a conversation hence cx conversation so let's maybe just you know kick things off with uh you know simon you've got almost what do you say 11 years experience What, what you know let's start with the obvious what what does appointment booking mean to you and maybe what how has appointment booking changed over the last 11 years i think that's a good place to start because it's interesting isn't it that Companies always come to us with the idea of wanting a whole customer experience platform, but it always hinges around appointment booking. Because isn't that kind of the center of everything? It's kind of immaterial what channel your customer is looking to book their appointment on. Mm. The value is making sure that you've got the right person to serve the right customer at the right time, and that customer gets the service that they want. So originally, the appointment solution was always for a face-to-face environment but it's kind of irrespective now isn't it with all the new channels that are coming out the new technology that's around so i think that's probably how that's changing now as in you can kind of almost book an appointment for any channel any platform any type of service anywhere i think that's the key isn't it yeah i think yeah i think even even shorter time than your elongated 11 years has been we can even see the see changes in the last like i've seen it in the last five years just with clients that we started working with five years ago so 
some of the big retail clients, for example, five years ago, didn't have any form of appointment booking for certain services. So it would be a pen and a paper. And now what we're seeing is it's gone just in the last five years from entertaining the idea of an appointment booking system to it now being a mission critical system for them where if it goes down it's immediately costing that mm. company revenue mm. so i think it's grown in its importance massively over the last five years from what we from what we saw in that respect and and it's evolved in terms of technology as well so it's not now it's now no longer just a case of i want appointment booking and i want it available online or in store it's a what are the different types of appointment, appointment booking like you you said so it's mm. it's not just a simple book an appointment to, to come in it's a what are the different ways of offering that appointment so um for example if we if we get into kind of how it's how it's evolving now in in a certain industry what we've seen in particular i think in banking as an example mm -hmm. we've got a number of clients that they're offering different ways to, to to serve those appointments so um it's gone from yeah coming in to see an advisor to one particular building society we're working with that now offer video appointments as an example so mm -hmm. so it, it's giving that kind of flexibility to the customer so the customer no longer needs to be in a branch they can choose to have that meeting wherever they want and it kind of works both ways really so it's not just about doing the best for your customer it's about doing the best for your business as well yeah so that at that point if you're able to then serve that customer from anywhere you're making the best use of your resources as a business as well as keeping the customer happy so it's not a case of we as a company need to extend ourselves or outreach ourselves to make our customers happy actually if you look at it differently you're making the best use of your resources as well as keeping the customer happy mm. at the same time so it's kind of a, a change in mentality from that perspective and mm. yeah certainly that's what we've seen in a yeah from a the banking building society world isn't it interesting from the technology side of it as well as you say i mean even if these new platforms come out as you mentioned with video calling it's kind of unsure whether that's actually going to be a long-term and sustainable way of serving customers video we don't really know we know that certain demographic of customers are happy to use it and willing to use it mm. but i think the underlying solution that you're using there is always going to come back to appointment scheduling isn't it because as andy said you want to schedule your resources to be available when your customer is available and your customer wants to know when they're going to be available and you know connect the two together so i think the technology always and will always change that underlying appointment solution needs to uh, kind of support that doesn't it yeah the video appointments the video calls video calling has been around for a long time but how many people actually really kind of use that on a day-to-day -day mm. basis it's that one step in your sensitivity level too far, isn't it? Using yeah. your voice on a phone call is one thing, but actually someone seeing you on the other end, yeah. slightly different. So it's a little bit of a step probably too far at this stage, maybe. Um, what I find quite interesting is perhaps the use of artificial intelligence. I mean, AI is, is a hot topic at the moment. Mm -hmm. How is that going to affect mm -hmm. things like appointment booking in the future? I mean, at a very basic level, it's rescheduling your dentist appointment, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Six yeah, in advance. Yeah. Uh, but where do you go from there? I guess, who knows, really? Yeah, well... That is a conversation in its own right, and I think a really good point because whilst we've got all those areas of like you know really advanced sort of um, fintech and stuff like that that we can explore in, around appointment booking, like video and AI and you know virtual reality etc. and stuff that we can talk about. Before we do that, let's maybe just jump back to the the very beginnings of of just understanding what is the what is the what is the driving force behind an appointment. Because to me, whenever I speak to customers, I always like to you know start from the beginning to say that the reason why your customer likes appointment booking is because they're in control of that customer interaction and that fits into this world i think very nicely because people like to control their time and people's time is 
um, less available than ever before because we're, we, you know, we're, we're busier than ever before and therefore naturally it works for us and our busy lives to be able to say, if I'm going to interact with you as a business, uh, I'd like to do, do so on a, on a channel that suits me uh, and at a time that suits me. So what's everyone's thoughts on, on that? Do you think that's changed or do you think that's beginning to become um, more prevalent or less prevalent, do you think, as a, as a mindset? Do you, does it, I think there's do you, a word that sits right at the very core of this that's relevant both to the customer and the business, and that's commitment. Mm-hmm. And that's what we all look for every single day is commitment. So from yeah. the business side of things, I mean, if you think about it from a sales point of view, commitment's what you look for as a salesperson. Commitment to the meeting, commitment to the demo, commitment to the contract. True. And on yep. the customer end of things, commitment to the appointment, commitment to getting the right information, commitment to fulfilling that service. So that's the one thing that is central, the one word that's central to all appointment booking for me, commitment. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, I think that's a a good way to summarize you know the reason behind an appointment why it's so attractive to touring customers because that's ultimately what matters here but going back to the other end of it what andy talked about is you know the underlying processes that are needed to meet the expectations to serve an appointment could you or or perhaps simon as well because i know you both have a lot of experience in this talk about how when speaking to customers you often see it may be a heavy heavier focus on the front end side of things i.e. the experience of the customers and maybe you know less emphasis on the underlying processes have you have you come across that before and sort of seen you know how to maybe address that yeah you kind of this is what you hear isn't it a lot of events now is that kind of change from um the focus for any organization especially when you go to um financial kind of events you're listening to now that change from kind of what can we do for the customer as to the other way around it's customer centric yeah. and I think it's the small things as well that the appointment solution needs to do just to keep up with that everything that you're saying you know customer retention how do you get the customer to come back well it's those small things of, of matching the customer to the same agent every time when they come back in so that they can establish a rapport yeah. you know I think that that kind of collaboration is is what now organizations are looking for plus the that move to a true omni-channel solution whereas at the moment a lot of them emulate the fact they've got an omni-channel but it's not true mm. is it i think you know the idea if you can walk into one bank branch and start an application then walk off and complete it on your phone not none of them do that it's yet not you know? quite yet there yet it's not quite that yet and they all say we've got an omni-channel seamless frictionless approach but when you actually boil down to it as a from a customer's perspective what do i do and commonly, I start something on my phone on the train on the way home. I lose signal. I want to pick it up when I get home on my laptop, but that doesn't exist. You can't save halfway through any kind of mm. service. You can't simply kick, click a button halfway through an application form to say, can a call center phone me, but not now in half an hour when I'm free. I think they're the different things now. Is The underlying appointment solution is, is still there, but it's the clever smart things that organizations need to listen to their customers what they want, really. So there's an interesting one you just picked up there about mobile phone signal. I'm going to just sort of divert a little bit there and with the, the imminent rollout of 5G and, and much more powerful internet services that we're going to be receiving in the future through 5G. That may not happen. You know, you're not going to lose your signal perhaps with that application. Form. Yeah. Just something to throw into that. That does open up, yeah, because that, that is a part of what we do, isn't it? It's mm. sort of your connectivity availability yeah. at the moment, particularly in London for me. On the underground, I can't do anything between stations. You have to wait and pause and then pick it up afterwards. Yeah, mm-hmm. when that problem gone, yeah, I think, as, as you say, video calling, instant access through all of these other channels, maybe new channels will be created a lot quicker from the back of it. Mm. Yeah, I think it's all about 
accessibility really isn't it like organizations obviously have to keep up with what is ultimately available to consumers through all sorts of channels so you take it in its simplest form if you want to find out how to do anything if you want to install a new lie at home switch change a plug at home whatever you can go onto google you can type it in and in five seconds you're watching someone on youtube that's done it and doing it and you watch the video and learn how to do it like i did it the other day to yeah. splice a wire <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But yeah i mean that's that's the accessibility for for customers and the organizations have to keep up with isn't it from mm -hmm. from a from an appointment bookings perspective your customer expects to be able to have an easy like i want to go and book an appointment and i want to be able to do it on my mobile i want to be able to dive yeah. on and within a few clicks i want to enter a minimal amount of details and get offered the services that i want and commit to it like you were saying but yeah. it does need like as a parallel track it does need an organization to be organized underneath really in terms of their re resources so that they have the right they're going to have the right people available at the right time with the right skills um to, to serve those appointments so it's not it i think that's why to, to some degree we, we see some i guess like slower adoption than you might expect for what sound what seems like a simple offering because yeah there is a lot of business process behind it that has to be in place so you have to know where your resources are and, and put them in the right place to see the right people and have the right skills mm. to serve it to make the most out of both um, your resources and deliver the best experience to the customer. So mm. it's not maybe as, as as simple as it as it seems sometimes. So well, on that topic, I think would you mind sharing a bit of your experience? Because I know that obviously you know since working in the last five years, you've worked heavily on the delivery of a lot of projects with clients who are now who fully have what we would consider consider to be you know quite an advanced omni-channel booking solution. Mm. Could you maybe give your sort of two-minute thoughts on how should an organization, especially if it's a large organization, how should it approach doing an omni-channel omni appointment booking offering? Like, not, not the, you know, the answer to the ultimate question, but, you know, from a, from a perspective of, you know, delivery, how do you see a, an intelligent way that's worked for us and that's worked for these organizations that we've done it with? Yeah, I think we're a lot of, it's not just, doesn't really, it's not really appointment booking per se it's just technology changes in general it's, it's all about True. adoption uh, and it's adoption of your your users so that, it depends what system you're going from and what system you're going to and obviously what business challenges you're trying to solve but, but most of the time the biggest challenge that we've seen is the adoption of the users uh, within that business and how well they embrace the change because ultimately yeah, how well they embrace the change is how successful mm -hmm. it's going to be so it's, it's kind of a no-brainer as to what customers are going to expect in terms of an experience but yeah, you have to make sure that your your users are on board and i think in terms of delivery and how we've, we've we've done it with a number of our clients obviously is we always prefer that don't try not to sit in a boardroom and design a system and expect to, to that, that you yeah. designed it perfectly between five people sat around the table like your 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 vision and your your ideas are going to be different to what potentially the customers and and your your employees are, are going to be as well so it's kind of a case of making sure you have those champions within your business that know what the customer wants combined with how the business works and what's going to be best for the business and how ultimately it's used within a store and within a branch. I guess there could be a big impact there between something that's been run manually in the past. I'm going to yeah. use the word paper-based system. I don't mean that, but probably as a, as a manual system to, against another technical solution. That could be a standalone solution. Yeah. Could you yeah. often see that when we yeah. approach organisations, you see departments using their own little bit of technology they bought offline that's cheap and cheerful yeah. but go sorry carry on yeah no, oh okay <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah yeah i know what you mean yeah yeah so i think that's a really good point i wanted to get your 
perspective because i know that you've worked with several of our clients that have done that multi-year journey to truly get to an omni-channel sort of you know ecosystem if you like um and you know i think every every organization like you say simon they, they they say they're there but are they truly there that's probably up for debate yeah um, and as yeah. andy mentioned as well just the idea of, of the roadmap because mm. i was just thinking then that, that you know we all know what benefits an appointment solution can bring can bring to an organization you know there's the efficiencies in resource there's the you know improved customer experience but what we've come to in a point in time isn't it that the the appointment management solution now requires some workforce management behind it some kind of bpm to take it past just booking an appointment one agent with one customer now you've got all sorts of complexities around the processes that you need to make sure that works and then you've got looking at the new technologies the only new technologies that are coming around are really about customer interaction aren't they all of yeah. them social media you're talking about video conferencing the google stuff that's coming out on their new phone with their you know google lens being able to you know show where you are give you the ability to book an appointment they're just extensions on top of the appointment scheduling so i think you know from what andy said it's the organization needs to be in a position whereby when this technology this these new technologies come out that consumers use be ready to adopt it quickly at a low cost because i think as time goes on we're going to see a lot more channels materialize mm -hmm. some come and go a lot quicker than they ever have so i think at the moment the focus is really on having a platform with that ability to be able to adopt something very quickly and if it doesn't work drop it and pick up on a new one yeah at the moment we implement something such as you know some kind of new customer technology takes integrations it's it's difficult mm. internally isn't it organizations have to change current processes and the way they work you really should be looking at having the ability to adopt all of these new things and appointment scheduling as you can hear still is at the bottom of all that it's still about putting the right customer in front of the right agent yeah well if, if you break down appointment booking it happens on two channels doesn't it it's the, it's the channel in which the customer books through and that that's what we've just talked about there all the different channels that your customers coming through to you as an organization and like you say having a true omni-channel booking ecosystem is one that you can pick up on one channel continue that booking process perhaps on another but then you also have what we've talked about earlier and it's good good to break it down for for the audience from our perspective is that you then have the serving channel so you're booking the appointment on one channel and it might not equate to the channel obviously that you're going to be served on in terms of that appointment um, and i think you can almost explore the technologies in those two worlds on their own but sticking around the booking sort of channels that we're seeing because i think that's you know super exciting now in general um f from a serving perspective you tend to see video phone face to face uh, or maybe like an online you know video style call that tends to be quite limited in terms of mm. technologies that organizations use but from a from a booking space that's where you see new technologies popping up all the time and just the other day i'm not sure if some of you guys caught it but you know um, facebook did their sort of uh, annual meeting and they did their presentation and mark zuckerberg went up on stage and um and one of his um sections he talked a lot about appointment booking and how facebook are really heavily investing in appointment booking as a capability from their platform it'd be good to get your thoughts on you know just that in general because i think that's that's pretty huge news you know that's pretty big for us as, as an organization um and awareness of obviously what we do and you know we see so much value in it so it's good to see organizations such as facebook maybe sharing that passion um 
and actually taking action on it. But has anyone got any thoughts about you know how how big that actually is in terms of news for for organisations that they consider appointment booking? I think there'll be a certain amount of of nervousness when it comes to appointment booking through social media platforms, and obviously not picking out any particular social media platform, yeah, particularly on here today. But there have been various problems with platforms and privacy and and the sharing of data that shouldn't be shared. So when it comes to sensitive appointments of a, of a medical nature for example mm-hmm. is that going to in, in the in the customer's mind mm. be a barrier to actually using a social media platform that's a good point so so okay so 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 which industries do you think we're going to see more using because i know obviously industries are using social media in order to offer appointment booking do you think it's going to be retail leading the way i think it should be really, or banking yeah. or yeah yeah i think you're right there, Lee. I think it is definitely industry specific, isn't it? You're getting because yeah. at the moment social media is being used for all sorts of campaigns for, you know, uh, retail environments. You know, it's not it's not a secret that obviously companies like Starbucks will use Facebook to advertise to people and provide incentives for it. I think yeah, yeah. There are certain environments where there is that data problem. Whether it's something that Facebook will solve in the future or other companies, it's kind of almost inherent now, isn't it, in us that they are and that is their business to analyze our data even though mostly you know for good reasons to look at your traffic your demographic your habits to kind of start to predict and preempt what you want because ultimately that is what we want isn't it you want a solution to be able to predict what you want in a nice way so that something appears and you can just click on a single button to do that service so i think some of the technologies out there will work looking at i think they're becoming more real world as well looking at the google uh, updates they're doing with Google Lens and the Google uh, Smart Texts now they're becoming a little bit more real world useful rather than just trying out a new technology. So the interesting one with that is you schedule an appointment to go and test drive a new vehicle but the, you then get advertising that pops up within your particular social yeah. media platform pushing a rival brand to go and test drive one of their cars and make an appointment with them as well that's a bit of a interesting yeah. glimpse into the future of appointment booking through social media mm. as i see it and, and probably not as i sit here now the most comfortable visions maybe that will be the way it will go um there are some scenarios where i think as you, as you said Simon, that would probably work quite well but there's always a boundary to it isn't there mm. that, that, uh, so let's flip this on its head what makes a bad appointment booking experience have you guys ever had that? Have you gone to book an appointment with an organisation? Not we're not going to start naming names, <laughs> uh, but you know, have you guys ever had a, a bad experience where, you know, or thoughts on what makes a bad? even even in the appointment booking space. So a company's doing appointment booking, but are they doing it well? Because that's what I think our focus is. Yeah, for me, it's how quickly can I do it? Yep. Okay. I don't want to have to log in i don't particularly want to have to for some services you know there are some that i do need to leave the details but mostly you just want to do it quickly don't you and have it kind of posted to your calendar really quickly that's that's it anything with too many questions i probably would give up Mm. to be honest personally i think one in a a banking environment would be if you've had to make a a complaint about something and Mm. then have to revisit the details of that that complaint the worst customer experience in the world (laughs) with with, with several people throughout the the various levels of escalation within that particular bank that's now that could actually be and i I could see an argument why that actually happens it is about re-qualifying 
certain details but for the customer under things that's probably the, the frustrating yeah. part of the, of the experience when you're passed through several levels of, of escalation uh, so that's one negative uh, appointment booking experience for me I guess well yeah it's a good point and I think in certain industries you do have a need to collect more information before an appointment and that's to the value of the customer as well as you as an organization but in our experience there's not just one way to do that you don't have to collect that data up front right you can collect that piecemeal in the build-up to an appointment so if they book an appointment one week out you know using sort of a web-based form system that you know we use in our, our product and stuff you know you're able to collect that information gradually in the build-up to an event if you feel that's going to help um, so you don't have to necessarily collect it up front it's just that's an idea what the google smart text on there if you look at their demonstration from a few days ago do so if you if you text to a friend that i'm going to get my hair cut next tuesday yeah you can click a button that will take you to the website of your preferred like hairdressers down the road and it will take your name because it already knows it first name surname take your address pre-populate <coughs> it on the field on the fly yep. and it will already pre-select next Tuesday as the date and the only option you've got then is just click on the time next Tuesday so it's all done and all pre-populated just from having access to that message that you sent but that does go back to that privacy issue and AI you are <laughs> it is AI effectively but you are going to have to say yeah. yes and say yeah we, we, we are willing to let you read my text messages yeah and i think you're right there Greg. It's, it's, again that comes back to what we talked about earlier which is the accessibility to a consumer of being able to book an appointment so yeah. from a yeah you obviously don't want to have a customer to go through 10 million questions before they can finally book themselves an appointment with you like you you want to get that customer in for the appointment first and then try and qualify them after they've got it in their calendar you've got it in your calendar that then after that point you try and kind of add more value to that appointment mm-hmm. i.e save the customer time save your resource time by asking them what make sure you bring your driving license with you or what's your passport number for example if you upload it before if you want to yeah Yeah, exactly upload it before do all that sort of stuff and capture it but that goes that goes hand in hand with you obviously don't want to make it so easy for someone to book an appointment where you end up with loads of appointments in your system that aren't quality and you're wasting resources time for people that don't show up yeah but that's where um obviously we were a number of customers where we try and reduce that effect so nowadays obviously customers have so much access to technology of mobile phones whatsapp text messages that it's the ease of of not only booking an appointment it's the ease of managing that appointment after as well which is sometimes overlooked because that adds a lot more value than than what you might think um to reduce both the customer's dissatisfaction um but but also to 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 not waste time for for clients so we work with a lot of clients where they want to get the most out of their um, employees day so they'll try yep. and make efficient their calendar so they obviously want in a perfect world all their resources to be blocked block booked the whole day appointment nine to half nine half nine to ten bam 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 uh, they in an ideal world want all of that but the moment that someone doesn't turn up that's half an hour let's say where you've got someone sat there with nothing planned in nothing to do and revenue is lost yep. because ultimately that's what it comes down to it's the reason that businesses want a point of booking is you, you just it's just a revenue generation right mm-hmm. so For sure yeah the, the, it's the ease the ease of being able to manage your appointment as well as booking your appointment so, so that's really interesting there andy actually thinking about this in a, in a travel context and my mind was just thinking about some of the uh some of the central booking sites for hotels and holidays and flights and that sort of thing and uh, I don't know if anyone's got any feedback from the travel industry in particular about the impact on people booking hotel rooms and, of course, cancelling. I would imagine that's having quite an impact, actually. It's quite a... 
well, how that how that is controlled in the future. Again, we're coming back to that word of commitment, aren't we? Yeah. In the future, so that people don't lose out an appointment booking doesn't become a negative thing from a business point of view. And this this, this actually links back to a topic that I'm quite passionate about, which is which is reducing no shows. Mm. And you know, what do organisations do around appointment booking when a customer doesn't show up when they said? Um, you know, we, we there's lots of ways to handle that, and in the future, maybe AI will be predicting because you know it's something that that we're working on and. You know, within <clears throat> within our R and D department is you know the predictability of whether a customer's going to show and and what actions therefore take ahead of ahead of that. But do you guys have any thoughts on um, no shows and you know what role that plays? Because like you say, Andy, every appointment equals money to an organisation, and it's money to meet the, the needs of that appointment, i.e., the you know the, the wages of the the staff, but it's also obviously potential revenue. And if a, if a customer doesn't show what do you recommend to organisations to consider when it comes to managing their no-shows? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously the ways to, to try and reduce them, which is just through not just regular communication as you build up to the appointment of, yeah, I remind them that it's coming. Yep. It's the ease of them being able to cancel it. So you, you kind of need to know, you, you should know, let's say a customer's <coughs> booked an appointment, you should know they booked their appointment on their mobile phone. So therefore, it's pretty logical that the easiest way for them if they want to cancel it is going to be through their mobile phone so yeah there's, there's lots of ways to do that isn't there there's there's two-way texting there's giving them some notification through your app to, to stop them from doing it whatever it might be to make it easy for them to change it or cancel it mm-hmm. um, i think that's some of the worst like I, I guess some of the typical worst experience i would say is if you need to reschedule because it's quite common that yeah something crops up and you need to reschedule it's often quite hard to reschedule an appointment so okay yeah. you obviously have a lot of solutions that help you kind of change that that, 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 we, that we've built in the past is to make it easier to reschedule not just cancel because then at least you're retaining it because most of the time if, if you've gone to the effort of booking an appointment in the first place mm-hmm. it's unlikely you're just going to want to just cancel it out of the blue like mm-hmm. probably just means that the time doesn't fit or whatever, yeah, something something cropped up so um, but yeah in terms of but, but that's that's kind of the precursor to, to, to preventing no show in the first place but then after that it, it's like can can you recover it uh, as an organisation, so obviously at that point, someone's tried to book an appointment. You've got all their details, so it's it's the the follow up really. So mm-hmm. uh, and how do you follow it up? So do you at that point um, use uh, some, some some BPM style solution to to notify someone in your call centre, for example, say uh, someone someone was meant to turn up for an appointment and they didn't. So let's add it to a task list for someone to give them a call back and say, hey, why didn't you turn up to your appointment? Did it? Did you change your mind? Have you done something else? Like what can we do? Uh, and again make that that experience easy so I, I, I think that's that comes back to how did the customer get in touch with you in the first place if they've done everything for a, for a mobile phone and they booked it online chances are they probably don't want to speak to anyone so maybe it's, it's not actually very true maybe it's yeah. not the best way to, to, to put something in a task queue to, to for a call center person to call it back because I sure as hell don't usually answer answer phone yeah. calls from customer from numbers that I know that's some 0800 number I'm probably going to get mm. sold PPI again so not interested too much thanks yeah so you're more, more than likely <laughs> that if you booked your appointment online actually I'd prefer if you just sent me an email to say yeah did you did you want to just reschedule smart Hit, yeah, did you want to reschedule smart. like here's some suggested appointment times and make it a one click so they don't they obviously don't want to go through the whole process again because why would they they've already done yeah. it once like don't make me give you all your details again to rebook it like just offer me a time and you should you, your system should be intelligent enough to know, uh, and that's where it kind of it's kind of AI apart from really light AI that mm. if they booked an appointment 
But still, they are, they are nonetheless, that's what you kind of... Yeah, know. but if they, yeah. If they booked, yeah. the first appointment they booked was at six o'clock in the evening on a Wednesday, chances are they work nine to five. Mm. So there's a deliberate reason they booked it. So when you offer them a bunch of appointments the next time, don't go and offer them two o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday because they're at work. So so, so there's kind of smart solutions you can do around that yeah, smart, getting them yeah. back in. I think it's quite reasonable I'm looking at the sort of the council appointment side of things and, and you know, what can companies do. I think it's quite reasonable that... that there should be charges attached to missed appointments in, in certain scenarios where a resource has been used. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what the hotel industry well, does, right? It, I mean, well, exactly. Booking.com, yeah. book, you book yourself a hotel, like if you yeah. try and cancel it before, then yeah. if well, you try and cancel it mm. yeah, within 24 hours before, you just, like, you're not allowed to. Right? Exactly. Your cancellation policy of the hotel is yeah. such that you're. Yeah. You I think as long as it's fair or proportionate, and I think one of the key bits to, to learn from that is the customer comms side of things and making sure the customer, I think you touched on that there, Andy. The customer is well aware of the implications of what will happen if they cancel a particular booking within a particular window of time. Unfortunately, I think we all know there are organisations out there that will use that as a bit of an offside trap and not do the customer comms and you yeah. know, hope there's going to be extra revenue to come for that. I, I think those days are, are numbered, to be quite honest with you, because flexibility is what customers are looking for these days. Flexibility, clear communications of what the implications are if they don't show up for their appointment. And then it will just flow nicely. Mm. Yeah, I think reducing your abandon rate actually is—you can take a stepped approach to it, can't you? Because some customers, as you say, can uh, like Booking dot com charge you, so you're more likely to turn up for that. But if you're talking about another environment, you kind of got to let some customers abandon without coming back. So you put flags against their customer record. I think we did have one customer where they they allowed customers to book if they failed to turn up for two in a row then the third time they tried to book they couldn't mm. they were just redirected to a call center it's just kind of mm. for me the, the first step that all companies should do really is as andy said that that the first step and the option to allow customers to cancel or change a date is make it simple yeah really if they if, like andy said if a customer's booked an appointment on their phone and you've sent them an sms in there include a link that is rescheduled and it just takes you to the page with the date and the time we know yeah. what the appointment's for. <laughs> just make it simple and they will. Yeah. Any more complicated, they just won't show up. So it's difficult, isn't it? It's that yeah. fine line between getting as much information out of why they abandoned as to just letting them reschedule. Yeah. Yeah. It links back to what we were talking about earlier about the customer being in control and that being at the heart of an appointment. Mm. Your customer wants to be in control. They've actively come to you and said, I want to meet with your organisation, i.e. your employees, and receive your service. But I want to do it at a time that meets my you know meets my calendar needs effectively mm. and if you make it difficult to move that around to meet your needs then you're just going to lose that customer and their potential business and one of the scenarios is talking about the scenario that andy talked about earlier about customer retention if people don't show for appointments you know in the background there's nothing to say that using technology you can understand more about the customer that you're potentially losing there mm. so you can actually start to categorize the customers to say actually this is a long-standing customer and they're up for their annual renewal on their, say, phone contract or whatever it may be. And they're a business customer with lots of contracts and they didn't show up. That should ring very loud warning bells in your organization. Because if they're up for their renewal and they're a large customer and they didn't show up for their appointment, that should be something that needs immediate action. So it's not just taking action that's the same for every customer. You can even scale it up one level and say, actually, for certain customers, we're going to take extra steps or we're going to take extra measures you know it's just just something maybe to add to that because 
I've seen that conversation because as, as you t- touched on earlier, Simon, you know, yeah. almost every organization now has levels to its customers. You know? I think that, that's so. been, I'm going to say just data analytics, but it's quite powerful. But just yeah. data analytics means exactly as you just said, Greg, if you've got a, a, a group of customers that you're, you know, you've analyzed that are highly likely to move on, then you just run the data analytics and target and campaign those people i think you know there's that comment that it's easier to keep the customers you've got to than it is to go out and find new customers mm-hmm. then with everything we're saying it is just based upon that that data analysis what what type of customer are more likely to abandon or leave us then start doing some campaigns around them start you know offering them the services that we know they want so it's not an upselling campaign it's we know what they want <coughs> because their contract is about to expire we know that so why don't we act on it just on that topic of upsell one thing i was going to talk on earlier is just the simple almost obvious uh, benefit of appointment booking to organizations maybe not to overlook but is the ability that if you're expecting a customer you can prepare naturally a lot more Mm. have you guys worked on any projects where that has been taken quite seriously and you know preparation time for appointments is very much a part of how an organization works have you guys got any customer examples on that yeah i think uh, I think that's kind of what we, we look to do with, with banks at the moment, isn't it? But there's kind of a fine line there, as you say, kind of pre-staging the event. Yeah. Just, you know, the idea of to make the flow better for a customer, then we need as much data from that customer as possible. If we can integrate with other systems and pull in every single piece of data about me, we can make that that flow a lot simpler for me. But then there's the privacy from my perspective. Do I want that? Do I want everything pre-populated? Do I want that organization to know all of my fine details to make that transition smooth? So I think that's a fine line between being able to automate everything to what do I want to do from a personal perspective, a personal privacy, because me as a customer, I'm happy for everyone to have all of my data and test new technologies and test new platforms and make this wonderful Google lens pick up that I'm walking past a bank that, I booked an appointment for last week and I abandoned and John is in there waiting to serve me. In fact, he's waving at you from the window. (laughs) I like that idea. You give that to someone like my mum, she would hate that idea. It would be awful. How does he know that I'm outside? That's just privacy is really dangerous. It's a real preference, isn't it? So it is. It's really not just the idea of, you know, the privacy and the sensitivity of the data across your platform. It's every single customer. We're going back to that, aren't we? Mm. And it's not just what your customers want. They're all completely different. Give them what they want. To be fair, that <clears throat> that's a really nice transition across to one of the final topics I definitely wanted to cover today was around wh- how do you guys see the future of customer experience when it comes to personalization? Because personalization, in my eyes, and the conversation I've been having with customers is, is a really a hot topic. So making every element of an experience personalized, not just <laughs> by having their name on their text message or anything like that, that's <laughs> been around for a long time. How, how you know, what's your thoughts on how experience for for the everyday customer, how that will become more personalized in, you know, say five years out from now? Has anyone got any thoughts on that? I think GDPR <clears throat> has a had a massive effect on all of this. I very think, true, very true. Your the likelihood of your data being held with several organisations now, all in one particular sector, is dramatically decreased. I know, speaking from a personal point of view, there will be two or three travel operators or in one particular airline that mm. I will travel with. And I'm happy for them to have my details and, and send 
send marketing through to me and keep details on file and send me appropriate offers. I think loyalty plays into a fact in, in is a factor in that as well. Yep. How, do you, how do you keep those customers? Although they might not technically be customers yet, prospective customers. Well. It broadens to that as well. So loyalty comes into the mix there. Um, of course, naturally coming from an incentive background, I can see the, the the space there for incentives to keep your customers loyal and therefore driving appointment bookings. And then uh, the the other sort of I guess final topic I had on on my list of things to to maybe pick up was a real transition we're seeing and it's almost like a blurred area um, now especially in the retail world we're seeing a lot of uh, pop up events um, pop up stores happening um, and what role do you see appointment booking playing in those environments? Yeah, I think appointment uh, booking is yeah, an interesting one. So it, like you say, like retail at the moment you, we see. Uh, obviously, if you look at the the, the high street, some of the big high street retailers recently, like they've obviously not been doing that that well, are they? And mm. and, and organisations obviously want to make the most out of what is ultimately one of their most expensive um, resources, which is real estate and stuff. Um, so yeah, yeah, naturally, it makes more sense to tailor and and make dy- more dynamic your your resources and events and kind of pop up events make that a reality, don't they? So yeah. So if if, if you know that you have customers in one area that are expressing an interest uh, in a particular service that you offer on your website you kind of know where they are they're probably on their mobile phone they've got geolocation enabled because everyone does you know where they are so why are you not why, why not just pop up an event the next day and an event yeah. can be anything it doesn't have to mm-hmm. be a we're gonna book ourselves in for a, um, a a book signer in here it could be it could be as simple as actually we've seen that a bunch of people have been looking at the the latest iPhone uh, and they're all based in somewhere in London. Then why not the next day offer a offer a demo, a trial, a discount even? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the following day in your in your mobile phone store because you know that yesterday a whole bunch of people were on your website, clicking and, and taking a look, and that can just be a pop up event anyway. So I think um yeah I think event event booking as a event booking as a service is 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 a lot bigger than just what might kind of commonly been thought out been thought of as a as events. So. Yeah, that's definitely. I think. I think it's a hot I topic. Think, I, yeah, I personally I think, think us, it's a hot topic. I'm yeah, I think. I think for us, that's, like, that's something. Something we're we're starting to see now, isn't it? In, yeah. in retail, is is yeah, just the yeah, making best use of of, yeah, of your most expensive resources. So, yeah, yeah. And certainly, some of the retailers we've been talking to, like we've talked about how they're going to be reducing their real estate, for example, haven't we? So yeah, um, very true. But I saw the other day Elon Musk talked about how I think he's getting rid of almost all of his stores. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's going right, to yeah. completely online sales for for Tesla. So, then there's some some industries you can just see that happening too naturally. I mean, yeah, you think about your banking services that you require your local bank. I mean, what service does your local store provide you that you can't just get elsewhere online? Mm. And that hasn't changed, and that won't change. So, yeah, I think companies are going to have to look at kind of more pop up style marketing for the high street because I think. The high street will remain, and particularly where I live, you're seeing it's much more service orientated now. I mean, every other shop's a hairdresser's now. I don't know how fast everyone's hair grows, but it seems to be services, <laughs> and it seems to be nail bars, and it seems to be massage places, and yeah. it's moving away from actual physical Sales, stores yeah, selling yeah, yeah, products yeah. now because you've got Amazon taking over one side of it. And the idea of the high street still being somewhere, I mean, coffee shops galore, up and down, mm. making fortunes. So the idea of yeah event-based kind of pop-up stores for major organizations because they're investing most of their money now in just brand awareness of effectively aren't they yeah. you know when you see everywhere banks are just 
have their names at airports such as HSBC just for that brand familiarization. Mm. None of us really know what the different services they provide between, say, HSBC, Santander and RBS because for us, it's just a, it's just a remote service. It doesn't need to be a high street service, but a pop-up event could create a community feel to a bank branch where they do yeah. certain I events in them to get you there. The yeah. streets and, and how they're, or some of the big retailers, sorry, and, and how they're changing. If you look at Debenhams as an example, they're closing a whole bunch of stores across the UK and unsurprisingly, the ones that they're keeping are the best performing ones. So yeah. they're only keeping the best ones because they're the ones that are bringing revenue. So yeah, yeah the same can apply like the high street could be anywhere. I think it links to the umbrella trend that's happening right now is that the role of physical stores is transitioning from what was yeah. originally sales and it still is sales to some degree to to service for for most organizations but it's now taken one step further and it's about community and for most organizations now and we all understand as consumers ourselves is that we do not like to just be cold sold to in that sense so if we want to buy you know a mobile device you know, very few people nowadays just walk straight into a store and then make that decision there. And then they do research online. You know, I've got this um, uh, academic article in front of me, like a research article by Accenture that, you know, I've, I've quoted here in you know, one of my recent presentations. And it says seven out of 10 customers who start uh, in a retail store end up closing their deal on a different channel. So 70% of a customer experience starts there, but ends there. And I think it's this idea of sales to service to community is the role that stores are going through and every organization is somewhere on that sort of spectrum from left to right or whatever it may be um, and it's, it's such a gray area and I think that's why it comes back to the idea that <clears throat> underlying all of this is, is some sort of technology stack that's supporting your organization and if you can partner up with the right organization right technology stack that can grow with you it can go with you on that journey because I think that journey sorry that journey is imminent for every organization um, it's just a matter of where you are today and what is your next step rather than saying, you know, let's try and jump five steps. I think you have to go along those steps along the way. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, we'll probably end up wrapping up there um, unless there's anything else for anyone to add that we you know, want to cover or we'll save it for another day perhaps. Sounds good. Cool. All right. Thanks, everyone, for chatting. Uh, thank thank you. you so much, all our listeners. Uh, and we'll be back soon with another podcast. Thanks.